Thank you for downloading this week's episode of PR Week's Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com. Hi everyone, it's Steve Barrett here. Welcome to another edition of Coffee Break. I'm the Editorial Director of PR Week here with another show. We've got a great guest this week. We've got Chris Gidez, who is the founding partner of G7 Reputation Advisory and has worked in the oil and gas consultancy area for 30 years. And Chris, you've got some pretty strong opinions on the topic and the way it's been framed in the mainstream media that we want to dig into. But first of all, welcome to Coffee Break. Thanks, it's a, it's, Steve. It's a great pleasure to be part of your program. Yeah, and you've spent time at uh, Chevron, Texaco. You've been on the agency side at Edelman, Hill & Knowlton, uh, MSL, I think, way back in the day. So why don't you quickly just introduce yourself from that point of view in terms of the, where, your experience and, and, and where you're coming from? Well, you know, you, you spend the amount of time in oil and gas sector like I have had. You pretty much spend a lot of time in the crisis and risk sector as well. And so I've seen a lot uh, over over time and have been involved in the climate topic really since about uh, 1990, 1991. So uh, I've really become a student of how the parties sort of operate and uh, their strategies. And and yes, I, I have no shortage of views on the topic. Well, why don't we get into that? You wrote a LinkedIn post, uh, which in no uncertain terms laid out your position but just for the listeners maybe just give us uh, give us your point of view in a, in a quick potted uh, format uh, happy to well you know there's uh there's sort of been a, a move afoot for the last five or so years prompted by the environmental activist community that's concerned about a lack of progress on solutions toward climate change to try to uh if you will choke off the supply chain for oil and gas companies whether they're targeting the law firms that do work for them and now targeting the communications consultancies, whether it be marketing or PR or lobbying for the oil and gas sector and, and, and presumably get them to uh, uh, speed up transition or otherwise, uh, frankly, go out of business uh, for the benefit of the environment. And I, and I think it's, it's to, to try to shame uh, oil companies or to shame PR consultancies from doing business with oil companies. There's a lot of danger to that uh, in in terms of setting a bad precedent. But frankly, it uh, most important it it uh, it infringes on the the fundamental right to freedom of speech. And I think uh, whether you're in the oil and gas business or not, whether you're in the PR business or not, people ought to be concerned about what kind of precedent that sets. Yeah, so I mean, framing it in in layman's terms, if you like, obviously we have a climate emergency. There there are big changes happening to our climate, and they are being played out, and we see those ourselves every year with 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 its impacts. We have companies that are evolving, and the big players in that sector, BP, Chevron, uh, Exxon, are all making statements about um, evolving their business to move away from dependence on fossil fuels. And we have lobby groups, which is not, and, and um, activist groups who want things to happen faster. And, and, and you know, the COP26 uh, conference last year, you know, re, sort of re- redefined the fact that we, have, we do have a climate emergency. And then we've got to balance that with we need energy uh, to survive. Everybody needs heating, lighting, et cetera. We need power. So how, how, 
why do you think the argument is getting so is this just a symptom of the where we are in terms of uh dialogue in modern discourse or or what is it that's particularly worrying you about this and it, and even in the way it's presented in the mainstream media as well well a couple of dimensions to that Stephen. you know first off again as i said earlier i've been uh in this business for 30 some odd years and you know go back to the to the kyoto protocols and over that entire time the activist community with the best of intentions but has employed a single strategy which is to demonize and uh, the oil and gas sector and other sectors and to practice confrontation and threat now i think if there's one universal takeaway from cop 26 is that we are nowhere near where we need to be as a planet to address climate change so you know going back to the old definition of insanity is doing the same thing in the same way and expecting a different outcome you got to ask yourself has the strategy that the activist community continues to employ paying sufficient dividends and the answer has to be no i mean the, the u.s congress is nowhere uh most governments are nowhere close to to uh putting in place the, the right policy steps uh ironically it's the private sector that is not waiting for them and is moving forward uh, witness the 700 billion dollars in energy transition investment or last year and the moves by the car companies so no i don't think confrontation and demonizing anybody is going to get us to where we need to be uh in addressing climate change yeah no i guess that's the argument from say edelman's point of view which seems to be the butt of a lot of this uh, attention is that we're, we're better off working inside the tent to change from within and to help companies evolve to that next stage beyond fossil fuels than purely just uh saying goodbye to them and letting them um you know get on with it on their own and and some would say that if, even if all of the western based oil and gas companies pulled out of it then there would be plenty of people in russia or china or other parts of the world that would step in and we'd actually wouldn't have a net benefit what's your take on that well i think there's something to it i'm not uh, inside the tent at, at edelman i don't know what richard has got going on in his head and what kind of uh, thought process there is but yeah i mean uh, there is some fundamental realities to the to the climate challenge and this is one of the reasons why it is so complicated is that the world is not uniform or monolithic there are growing economies india china and elsewhere uh, that uh, have a huge demand for energy and have a growing population and there's a fundamental direct correlation between population growth and energy demand you have to address it you can't ignore that you can't just turn off the the spigots on the wells and turn off the pumps at the at the retail establishments you need a transition i think everybody understands that it's about the speed of the transition and what that uh, on the back end what that looks like uh companies need help in communicating they ask for help in communicating. Uh, um, and I think sometimes you know, groups like Clean Creatives uh, creates this false impression that the only thing that communications consultancies are doing for oil and gas companies is deception. 
which is flat out wrong. It's a big lie. And it doesn't help uh, get us to where we need to be. Yeah. Um, clean creatives and other activist groups would might say, well, look, we look, we look back to tobacco, for example. That's a, that's a sector where Edelman used to play, used to represent tobacco companies, and now would never do that. And, and most, well, not all, but you know, most other uh, mainstream PR firms don't do that. Where, in what way is oil and gas different to tobacco, for example, which had its time and then everybody recognized that it was time to move on? Where do you think we are in that pendulum, if you like, with, uh, with the energy sector? Well, I think uh, drawing comparisons to tobacco is a false equivalent. The global economy uh, is dependent upon energy. And energy is a complex landscape. And I think where companies are going, where economies are going relative to transition is that the end point will be look like more of a mosaic of lots of sources of energy, lots of ways to use energy, uh, lots of ways to save energy than it is today and certainly where from where it was 30 years ago. Uh, but again, this comparison to tobacco is not only a false equivalent, but again, it, it's used as a cudgel. It's used as a weapon uh, to try to demonize a, a sector of business that is highly regulated, that by and large follows the law at all times, and for which there is a consumer demand, a mac micro consumer demand, but also a macro consumer demand. And it, and it takes us down a, an unnecessary and, and unproductive path to, to, to just say these guys are the new tobacco. What do you say to the activist groups who would give you the example, for example, of the Exxon lobbyist who was caught undercover on camera talking to Greenpeace uh, investigator, I think, basically saying that Exxon was just doing this as a, what they called a PR stunt, that uh, it was it was not their true views and that they were trying to push ahead and influence uh, Congress and influence politicians to to not go as far as they can. That would be the argument from clean creatives, that that's why we're not making political progress. Well, it's not a look, good look for the energy in, industry, is it, when one of their top lobbyists gets caught on camera saying stuff like that? No, absolutely not. And, uh, and shame on the, those, those fellows for doing that. Uh, but this is, uh, but at the end of the day, one has to ask, to what end? How are we accomplishing what needs to get accomplished? You know, what's the scorecard? And, you know, last October, uh, a half a dozen oil company CEOs and the head of API were, were uh, testifying before Congress. And, and frankly, it was a, 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 to be blunt, it was a clown show. It, 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 it solved nothing. It didn't, it didn't allow for any progress towards, uh, climate change policy, uh, it was basically used uh, to uh, as, as a soapbox. And, and now it's going to happen again. And so, you know, you could take these, these incidents like these Exxon lobbyists uh, being caught on tape, but you can't, you can't lose sight of the forest for the trees. So what, what I would say to the activists is, uh, is, is your playbook just trying to capture people on tape or is your playbook 
trying to find solutions uh, that that our economy can accept that get us towards the place where we need to be. And I don't see a change in that playbook over the last 30 years. So if we're not going to take the oxygen away of what you call it, free speech, so they would say publicity, I guess, what would your solution be then to get us to a more sustainable future, which we clearly need to get to? What would your solution be rather than uh, the options being proposed by the activists? Well, I think one approach is to consider what progress companies have made. And I'm not just talking about oil and gas companies. I think, frankly, uh, the sector that has made the most progress has been the uh, the auto sector. I mean, virtually every auto manufacturer has said, we will uh, transition away from internal combustion engines by a certain date, whatever. They each have set their own targets. I mean, that is the kind of step change that's necessary. Consider it that... In the U.S., 50%, give or take, of oil, all oil consumption goes towards transportation. So if, if you transition away from the internal combustion engine, consider how much oil is no longer being used. And that's the market driving this. And then you look at, you know, $700 billion last year invested in energy transition. Um, and, and all the while, Congress and the White House get, can't get their act together in coming up with a climate policy. The market isn't waiting for that. So, and I think if the activist community, with the very best of intentions, uh, wants to see more progress, it ought to consider, okay, how do we embrace that and encourage more by the private sector versus trying to fight them every step of the way and take them to court in 15 different uh, jurisdictions and just muck up the, uh, the the progress. Yeah, very quickly to end, Chris. I mean, that's yeah. that's what the trust barometer that Edelman produces says, that business is actually more trusted now than other institutions like government and media. And if I think of Unilever back in the day on the palm oil issue, I think they eventually embraced Greenpeace and had them even having their videos on their websites so your solution would be to have a more cooperative uh, strategy that is going to speed the changes you think are happening already um, to try and get us to where we need to get to on climate. Yeah, I think there are going to be those companies in the in any sector that are trying to slow walk this. There are those that are seeing that their future requires transition. And I think, you know, it, it is no downside to uh, looking at collaboration as an alternative to confrontation. Yeah. All and right, Chris. For, and for communicators, I think we play a role there. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. More important than ever. Thank you, Chris, for sharing those views. And um, yeah, let's uh, look, look and see how this plays out. It's pretty important for the planet, for sure. I agree, Steve. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.